Good afternoon, everybody. It's Kevin Borba here with Caden Jarvis. Oops, sorry. That was my fault. I whacked the microphone. Caden, <laughs> you there? What'd you What'd you do? What'd you do? There was static. I thought I thought I lost you for a second. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're 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 staticky for me. Well, we can hear you perfectly, so you're just gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to make out what you're saying. Okay. Hopefully, you can hear me now. Yeah. Okay, so on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about fantasy football, the do's and don'ts, who's going to be good, who's going to suck. I guess, I guess sucks kind of harsh now. Who's going to who's going to disappoint? Who's going to who's going to disappoint in this yeah. time of quarantine? Um me and Kaden have found ourselves doing a lot of fantasy mock drafts. And honestly, a lot. I I've been pretty pleased with who I've been getting. The one we did today, I think I, I think I realized I'd rather be in the top portion of the draft. Yeah, I would say probably because you had the tenth pick and the one we just did. Right. And I think that was probably one of your your weaker ones. My starting lineup was really good. My bench was rough. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about the do's and don'ts of fantasy football because you know what, a lot of people play fantasy football, but there's also some people who have never played and they want to learn. Yeah, and you know what. Some people who have been playing for a long time still don't know what they're doing. Some people still need to learn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the first do, I would say, is to always do the research ahead of the draft. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like doing a mock draft or you get like a, a magazine or read something from ESPN or um, like Yahoo Sports, um, the worst thing to do is to go into a draft and not know what you're going to do. Like not know who... Yep not know your game plan, not know the the basis of your league. So, for example, our league is a PPR league with 10 teams. So, in a 10-team league, um, all the good players... Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. All the good players might go really fast, and you need to make sure you have a backup plan because, obviously, everybody's going to want the Christian McCaffrey's of the world or Alvin Kamara or Julio Jones, you know, Michael Thomas, whatever, whoever it may be. But mm-hmm. say that person gets taken, you need to be ready to have someone slide into that spot that, that could give you equal, if not better, production. And especially if you have a, a quick timer for your pick, you don't want to be rushed. You don't want to make a pick that you're going to regret later. Exactly. You don't want to panic pick, and then all of a sudden you picked a running back just because he was the one at the top of the list or something, and turns mm-hmm. out he's he's been arrested five times, you know? Yeah. So, that's the first do. Kaden, you want to give us a don't? A don't. Let's see. Don't auto-draft. Don't be the guy who, who auto-drafts in your league. Auto-drafting is the absolute worst. I, I, I'm I, the commissioner of the league that we're both in. Um, like I said, it's a 10-person league. I'm really annoying when it comes to draft time. Like I text people like reminders as if it's like an assignment due. Like, I'm like, everybody make sure the draft's at 3.30 today or whatever. Like, make sure to be there. Make sure to auto-draft. And you know what? It's also annoying to other people in the league when someone auto-drafts and they end up getting a really good team because you didn't earn that team. That's not not you. That that team was handed to you. Exactly. You inherited that team. You didn't didn't pick that team. Yeah. It's really annoying, too, because then when you're auto-drafting, you're holding up the whole draft too, because Ex- your your clock takes forever. Well, the clock when you auto draft, the clock g- counts all the way down. 
So that's yeah. that's the worst part. So yeah. I'll go I'll go do right now. Okay. Do draft a defense semi early. That's that's my personal okay. do. I know people okay. people might disagree with that. But defense and tight ends are probably the most shallow positions in fantasy football. Now, I'm not saying to draft them like in the top five rounds, but I would recommend if you could get your hands on one of the top tight ends like George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, and you have a pick, like say you already pick a running back, and then you don't see any like running backs that are worth taking in like the second round, I would go tight end right there. What do you think? You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie to you. Didn't hear a word you just said. Can you hear me? You're very, you're very cutting in and out. Okay, just a second. So the importance of drafting a defense is basically just in case you are kind of like having a good defense can be the difference between winning by like two points or losing by 10. Because, yeah. because if you decide not to go defense, then honestly it could affect you. And if you decide not to go defense, probably what round would you recommend a defense go by? Personally, I I usually go if I'm not going to get a top defense. If I'm going to the draft day and I'm not going to get the Baltimore defense or you know the, the top defense in the league, I would probably get them around round eleven, round ten. Okay, that's so today in the the draft that we did, the mock draft. Mm-hmm. I went the best defense, the 49ers. Well, they're projected to be the best, but I really like their defense because, honestly, why wouldn't you want Nick Bosa and all those guys playing for you? Yeah. I took them in the eighth round because I kind of filled my needs already and nobody else had taken a defense, so I saw my opportunity and took it. And I would mm-hmm. say if, if you're not going to commit to grabbing a defense early, then you should just go matchups. So, basically, you look at – who's on the waiver wire, and you just drop your defense for whatever defense you think has the the best matchup. Yeah, pick whoever's playing the worst offense available. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so another don't hit us. Another don't, let's see. I just had one, too. Okay, don't, don't draft to fill up your entire starting lineup first. Okay, okay. You, you know what I mean? Like, I like to... Maybe get. I don't like to go quarterback, running back, running back, receiver, receiver. Some people like to go and fill all that out first, mm-hmm. and then go to their bench. I like to probably go three receivers, three running backs, and then maybe a quarterback, then tight end. So I like to I like to build up my bench too. That's smart because then you have a very even bench. And I would say in this year's draft, it's really easy to go really good running back, really good receiver, and then. Good, good receivers. Like, I think it's easier to find a star running back in the first, mm-hmm. a star running back in the second, and then the third and fourth, you could still get a really good receiver without, like, like there's going to be better, run, like, not better running backs, but there's going to be running backs that are available late that are worth taking, yeah. even though they're not going to be, like, top, top five picks. So don't be disappointed just because you don't get your two running back slots filled right away. And I'm going to add on to this don't because this also happened in the mock draft we just did. Do not take a quarterback with the first overall pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I texted you too, right? Right when that happened, I was like, that that shocked me. 
Well, I mean, it was a t- 10-person draft, a little mock draft, and this guy took Patrick, not even, like Patrick Mahomes is probably, I, I have him as the second best quarterback because I think Lamar's more of a threat rushing. Okay. So I would go Lamar, Patrick as my as my rankings for quarterbacks, but honestly, I'd be happy to take either. But I would not take yeah. either in the first. But what I have seen, I wouldn't, no. You wouldn't take either of them? Is that what you're going to say? I, w- I wouldn't take either of them in the first round, let alone the first overall pick. Exactly. Now, I have personally taken um, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter. Whoever gets taken first, I take the next one. Because I think those guys... Yeah, except for that time I snaked you. Yeah, I mean, you did snake me pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> but I took them in the second round because I had back-to-back picks. So I had the... Yeah. I had the the last pick of the first round, I think, and then the first pick of the second round. And the guy before me took Patrick Mahomes, so I got my the best running back available, and then I dropped Lamar. Because you know what? It doesn't hurt to have one of the better quarterbacks. And if they're going to go that early, I think you have to get a starting quarterback. Yeah. After, after you get a running back or a receiver, though. Yeah, you need to fill out your, especially in a PPR league, you want guys that are going to get a lot of touches. Exactly. Okay, I would say uh, I'm going to do. I'll I'll go another don't just because I feel like I feel like there's more do's or I'm more don'ts than do's. Yeah. I would say don't be the the shady trader. And this, I was I was going to say that too. And this is also a do to for the rest of the league. Don't be a shady trader, and everybody else needs to pay attention because in my league I have it so the whole league can vote and veto. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't think one person in fantasy football, like the commissioner, I don't think they should have all the power because what happens if someone offers the commissioner a certain trade and the only person who could veto it is himself. So obviously you're not going to do that. Yeah. So I think everybody needs to pay attention. But if you're just trying to manipulate the, the draft and you're trying to trade with the worst place team just because his season's basically over and you need another weapon for the, your playoff push, don't do that. That's annoying. Unless it's like a fair trade. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that like trades should be fair. If you would, if you look at a trade and send it to somebody and if you like reverse the roles, like say I offer you a trade and like if you offered me the same trade and I would personally reject it, that's that's not a good trade. Like that's yeah. not that's not like a I wouldn't I wouldn't offer you David Johnson and Jarvis Landry for Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. And, like, say I'm in last place and I have Christian McCaffrey. If I trade him to you, that's just really suspicious. Like, that's collusion. Yeah. Don't need that. Okay, do you have any other do's or don'ts so, so we could dive – or we could just dive into who's going to be a stud this year? I got one more. One more do. Hit it. Do pay attention to the bye weeks. Oh, that's a good one. That's that's. I'm glad you mentioned that one because, honestly, that could break your team right there. If you have, if you draft three receivers with bye week six, exactly, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to drop people to, to pick up new receivers. Exactly. And you don't, and you don't want to have to risk dropping a guy that you you really like, and somebody else pick him up. Right. You don't want to, you don't want to live or die by the waiver wire when it comes to skill positions. Um, I'm gonna yeah. add another do, and this is when you're drafting. I would say always draft with either your last two picks or last three picks, whatever, draft someone who, like, take a chance on a rookie or take a chance on, like, a veteran that's not known to be great because I like to have somebody that is disposable to me. You know what, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, someone mm-hmm. 
where if I see I need something and this guy's not doing anything, like someone that's worth dro- or something that someone that I don't mind dropping, because the worst thing that could happen is you need a certain player. Like, say you need a defense, but you don't want to drop anybody on your team and you don't want to drop your defense because you have the best defense in the league. You don't want to yeah. just, like, not field a defense that week because you maybe, got, you got yeah, to... Yeah, maybe like a... Go ahead. I was just going to say, you got to fill the lineup slots. You can't just not play a defense just because you don't want to drop one. So I would always say have someone that... Take them with your last overall pick. Just take somebody that you don't mind losing. Yeah, I was going to say maybe like a Larry Fitzgerald, someone who can maybe get you like 10 points a game. But then if you drop him, he's not going to be a hot commodity, so you could pick him back up. Right. And there's also like, I mean, paying attention to the waiver wire is also super important because um, players like Alvin Kamara, um, Patrick Mahomes, um, who else? Juju Smith-Schuster. Those guys were never expected to be fantasy football superstars. And they mm-hmm. once they erupted, like the they were all free agents at the time in fantasy. And so if you're paying attention to the waiver wire, you could end up with probably one of the better players in fantasy football. Yep, James Conner, Philip Lindsay, Austin Eckler. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so I think we got it settled for you guys. Do your one, one more don't. One more don't. Okay, okay. Don't wait to take somebody that you really want. Okay, that's a good one. Go with your gut. Don't don't be afraid to go go with your gut because if you wait till the ninth round and you think somebody's going to be there, and you think like C.D. Lamb, if you think CD's going to be there, not going to be there at eleven, and you have a high like or low ninth pick, take them. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point because. Honestly, they do have rankings, and these are ranked by fantasy football experts, whatever. But just because just because um, Alvin Kamara is ranked um, seventh doesn't mean you have to take him seventh. Like if yeah. you, if you have the third overall pick and you like Alvin Kamara, take him. Like if that's who you I have, like him more than more than Zeke. Yeah, if you have confidence in him, take him. But at the same mm-hmm. time, also pay attention because. You don't want to overdraft somebody. Like, say you take C.D. Lamb in the fifth. C.D. Lamb's definitely going to fall because unless yeah. someone avidly follows college football, what um, a lot of these rookies do not get like unless it's like a main like a um, one of the more popular rookies. Like, say Jerry Judy, I would say is a very popular one, or Joe Burrow, even though he's a quarterback. Um, I don't DeAndre think, Swift. Yeah, DeAndre Swift. I feel like a lot of these guys are going to fall just because um, people aren't really aware of them. So don't reach. Unless, mm-hmm. unless you have a gut feeling, I, I would say. <laughs> yep. Okay. So there we go. Th- that's basically the breakdown of the draft. Um, do your research. Um, pay attention while you're drafting. Don't auto-draft. Have, fa- have faith in yourself. Right, Caden? Yeah, just, just believe. <laughs> go with your gut. Exactly. Okay. So now we're going to talk about players that might be a little under the radar, but might be really good this year. I'm gonna start. I have off. a couple. I have a couple though. I I have. Start a, it off. I have a few. I, for one, I think Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Okay. Debo Samuel exploded during the playoffs. Um, I think the 49ers really showed how they're gonna use him, and I think he became their number one receiver now that Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Um, but they yeah. also got him touches, uh, running the ball and. Um, sometimes he even threw the ball. So, you know what? Don't don't sleep on Debo Samuels or Samuel. Um, he is ranked at seventieth right now. So, yeah, in our market, he's been falling low. He's been falling. So he's a good receiver to pick up. He, he could be a 
a wide receiver number two or even a, a one, depending on how he plays. So you could yeah. go. You go. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the same team. Okay. And that's Raheem Mostert. Yeah, that's a good one. Because he, uh, like Debo Samuel, came on late. He did. And came on late and with the Niners' strong run game. And I think the 49ers yeah. kind of chose him as their guy, as their workhorse. Mm-hmm. And he's been going He's going decently early, I would say. Compared, I mean, last year he was a free agent the whole time until those last few weeks. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to stick to the same same position. Um, Different team, though. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Now, this isn't really a, a sleeper pick, per se, but I think Juju had a really bad, bad year last year. And I want to say that's mm-hmm. just because of the quarterback talent that he was um forced to play with uh he had Mason Rudolph, Delvin Hodges um throwing him the ball and that's obviously not the best mix. Um Big Ben's coming back this year and if Big Ben can play like even a former shell of himself like 70% as good as he was, I think Juju will be one of the better receivers in the league again. Yeah, I had Juju last year as my number 1 receiver and I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a disappointment, but you know what? He's going to so he, He's going to bounce back. Yeah, well, Ben, you know, he posted that comeback video. He said he wasn't going to cut his hair or shave his beard until he could throw a football again. I know, and he did. The Steelers just posted a video of him throwing a football. What a difference. He looked like a hobo. (laughs) He did. He looked, like, kind of skinny, but also, like, kind of jacked, too. I know. I mean, uh, I saw this this tweet about Big Ben, and it was like, Big Ben thinks working out is doing one session of yoga and drinking beer the rest of the summer. (laughs) It was something like that. Okay, who do you got? Yeah. Next sleeper. So, next sleeper is somebody that I've gotten, I think, in every mock draft. Okay. And kind of sticking to the Raheem Mostert theme. Okay. The guy who Raheem Mostert took over for in San Francisco. That's going to be Matt Breida for the Miami Dolphins now. Okay, okay. He's been falling late, and he was he was the Niners' main guy during out, throughout the uh, regular season. Right. And he, and he was... He was playing really well, and then Mostert just took over. And with Brian Flores' new offense in Miami, they're going to have Tua. Young quarterback. And young quarterback, Fitzpatrick. I mean, they're and they're an aggressive team. They Devontae are. Parker's going to be there, too. Exactly. Did you see the beef that him and uh, Michael Thomas got into the other day? That was hysterical. I mean, Michael Thomas is... I, I've heard rumors that Michael Thomas is kind of rude in person. Like... Um, people don't really like him. I can see that. You know what? Some, I can see that. But you like know his what? Instagram his Instagram name is Can't Guard Mike. He's just confident. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I'll go another sleeper. I'll stick with the running back position. Okay. I'm gonna go Le'Veon Bell. Ooh, really? You think Le'Veon's gonna have his breakout year? I think Le'Veon might have a, a bounce second breakout year. Uh, my, I think he might have a bounce back year. Um, if he doesn't, this will signal the end of his Jets career. I'm not that. It's either or. <laughs> <laughs> he's either boom or bust. He's bo- He's a boom or a bust. That's a great way to put it because, um, from what has been reported, Adam Gase, the coach, is not a fan of him. Mm-hmm. And so. If Le'Veon doesn't show up, I think maybe Le'Veon kind of had a down year just because obviously the Jets aren't good. So there's that's there's yeah. that. But when you take a whole year off of playing a sport, I don't think you just get to bounce back and be as great as you were. So I think maybe that affected yeah. him a little bit. I agree. 
And another person I think just for boomer bust is uh late or Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Leonard Fournette has a lot to prove. <laughs> Um, his yeah. his option did not get picked up by the Jaguars, so this is a make or break season for him. Plus, he was talking smack about their boy Gardner. Yeah. So, yeah. Leonard needs to keep his head on the swivel. <laughs> Got to play well. Okay, so I'm gonna shift over to a different position right now. Okay. Hit you with the quarterback. And okay. Josh Allen, I think, might be in contention for MVP of the league. Whoa. Right? Okay. Whoa. So that probably sounds crazy, and I understand that. But Josh Allen has constantly been overshadowed by Tom Brady. Tom Brady's no longer uh-huh. in the the AFC, AF, the AFC East. Um, to uh-huh. be honest, Josh Allen, what he's a dual-threat quarterback. He's He kind of reminds me of like a less um, elusive Lamar Jackson. Okay. okay. So he's really good at running the ball. Plus, he hasn't even peaked yet, which I know he's only been in the league for like two years or three, two years. This will be his third, I think. Because mm-hmm. he was drafted with Baker. This will be his third, yeah. right? Okay. So, yeah. um, I saw the other day that he's never thrown for over 300 yards. And I think that's something that's going to change because obviously you get him a weapon like Stephon Diggs with John Brown and Cole Beasley. I think that's a really slept on wide receiver core. Plus, he's going to have yeah. gr- great running backs in Devin Singletary and rookie Zach Moss. So, I mean, don't sleep on Josh Allen. Um, if he's probably, if he's the best quarterback available when you're picking, I'd say take a shot on him. Would you rather take a shot on him or maybe keep someone or take someone who's kind of already proven like a like an Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees? Um, I'm I will always take Drew Brees over mostly everybody just because, you know what? He throws the ball like 100 times a game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Aaron Rodgers is interesting because in fantasy, he falls. He keeps falling all the way to, like, almost, I think. If, He'll go undrafted sometimes. Yeah, some people, sometimes he's getting undrafted, which blows my mind because I see people taking um, Ryan Tannehill, um, who else surprised me, um, even Joe Burrow. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously he's the number one overall pick, but just because he's the number one overall pick doesn't mean he's kind of come in and be great. Like He's still Cincinnati. Yeah, like I see, I see, I saw Nick Foles get drafted, and Aaron Rodgers was drafted after him. That's wild. That's so, wild. who do you who do you, who's another guy that you have? Okay, I'm gonna go, and this is this is no bias here. Okay, but I'm gonna go receiver mm-hmm. from Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb. Okay, and I'm just saying that because as of now, he's probably the third third option for Dallas, right behind Cooper. Right. And Gallup, maybe him and Gallup are tied. Okay, but uh, Amari Cooper, I got his road stats right here. Okay, so on the on the road in 2019, he only had 20 receptions for 320 yards and three touchdowns. Ooh. So he he only plays really well at home, and he kind of fades off later towards the season. If Ceedee Lamb can make a push, he could end up being the number one receiver in Dallas. That's a good point. Because you know what? Do you, do you agree? I, I, I don't hate that just because um, when you think about it, CeeDee Lamb comes in as probably arguably one of the better receivers in this draft class. Um, mm-hmm. He comes in to a team that's basically already good. 
Like a lot of the receivers that are coming in are going like the Raider, like Henry Ruggs on the Raiders. That's not a really good situation. Um, no. Even Judy to the Broncos. Even the Broncos are still a very young team now. They got a lot of pieces, but I think Ceedee Lamb is on a very experienced team, so I think he's going to have a really good opportunity to get to get fed really well by Dak Prescott. And even if Dak Prescott holds out, because I don't know if you saw this today, but he turned down a hundred and forty-five million dollar contract. I did see that. So even if Dak Prescott's not there, Andy Dalton's proven to be no slouch. Like. Now, granted, his time didn't work out in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton's not a bum. No. Especially, and he's never had the proper wet. Like, he's had A.J. Green, yes. But he's never had the proper protection. And he's also played under the same coach his whole career. So, I mean. But he, Andy, he made the playoffs with those with those teams, too. Right. And he's a former Pro Bowl. I think he just needed a change of scenery. Um, I think the Bengals needed a change of uh, personnel, to be honest. So, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. The CD is a great pick. I Sticking with rookie receivers, I would just go Jerry Judy's a very common sleeper pick, and also Justin Jefferson. Um, I think he's going to slide in there and fill that number two spot where Stephon Diggs was. So he'll mm-hmm. be he'll be a really good pairing with Adam Thielen. So I'm going to go another sleeper, this time a running back, a second-year player for the Eagles, Miles Sanders. Okay. His rookie season, he had 818 yards and three touchdowns and uh, three uh, touchdown catches. And he only okay. played 53% of the Eagles snaps. I think Sanders is going to get a little more a little more um, leeway or opportunity this season. Mm-hmm. And I think it will really benefit him in, in, in the, long, the long run. So I think he could be a running back to draft that might turn out to be one of the better running backs in the league. Okay, okay. So I'll, go, I'll give you two, or two more that kind of go hand in hand for me. Okay. Uh, both quarterbacks. Okay. I think Baker could have a bounce back year under Stefanski. Okay. If he gets the right play calling him, Odell, maybe they work it out. They added uh, Austin Hooper, who's a better tight end, in my opinion, than David Njoku. Still have Jarvis Landry, still have Chubb, and still have Kareem Hunt. They upgraded their offensive line. It's possible that now they they start to run the, the AFC North. Okay. I mean, and then my oh, yeah, is, yeah, go ahead. This is a proven year for Baker and the Browns. Yeah, uh, I think if he if he does get the right play calling, if he gets the right amount of time in the pocket, I think he he starts to maybe not respond to the the press as much, mm-hmm. which he said he's going to try to do. Uh, I think I think it could be a good good year for the Browns. I mean the Browns. Then, they have everything. Yeah. They have everything they need. <laughs> it, it it all depends basically on Baker. Exactly. Yeah, and then my other one is gonna might surprise you. Okay. Might surprise you. Quarterback. Okay. Drew Locke. Ooh, for the Broncos. Yeah. That's Broncos. A, that's a good one. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> that. I mean, uh, he has a lot of new weapons uh, with Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy. Plus the weapons he already had. So, I mean, and plus, and, oh, sorry, yeah. go, ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the defenses in that division aren't great. Right. And Char- Chargers are good, and the Raiders and the, and the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I mean, th- if he's playing the Raiders twice a year, he light him up. I could probably light him up. <laughs> Maybe. 
Okay, so this is probably, like, it's probably not a sleeper, but at the same time it is because I think people are going to forget about him or did forget about him. I drafted him last year in every league I had with the hopes that he would come back, and he didn't. Do you know who I'm talking about? AJ Green. AJ Green. AJ Green at one time was one of the best receivers in the league and all of a sudden decided to sit a year out for contract dispute slash injury issues, whatever. Whatever it may be, he's back. And hopefully Joe Burrow can feed him the ball enough to where he could be a productive fantasy player, but I think that's a really good... um, I think he'll have a really good value. I I think so, too. Uh, I mean, who else do they have at receiver there? T. Higgins maybe could be good, but Tyler Boyd's not going to be. I mean... Yeah, Tyler Boyd, I don't think will be. Um, another wide receiver to look out for, I don't recommend drafting him early, is Will Fuller for the Texans. If he could stay healthy, he could possibly be their best receiver because they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So I think and, it's yeah. his time to shine. And getting rid of, of Hopkins makes me questionable on Deshaun, too, the quarterback. Yeah, I've seen Deshaun take a little hit. Um, I just question the, the Texans as a whole. I, I kind of want to stay away from Deshaun just because I don't know if he'll have the weapons around him to, to make mm-hmm. it happen. And going back to what I said about CD and like and Drew Locke uh-huh. playing at a conference with not the best defense, if you take CD, I mean, he's going to be going up against the Eagles defense, terrible. Giants defense, terrible. And the Redskins. Yeah. So that's another thing going back to what we were talking about, about matchup defense. Look at the matchups of who who you're going to be playing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have one more sleeper. Okay, Christian McCaffrey. Actually, two more sleepers. Um, yeah. one one of them's like they're both rookies. One of them's like a red shirt rookie. Uh, 49ers okay. wide receiver Jalen Hurd. Okay. Um, he went to Tennessee, played running back, decided to switch positions because he realized wide receivers have more longevity in the in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he transferred to Baylor and became one of the best wide receivers there. Um, was drafted in the third round and had um, he had an injury that forced him to miss the whole season. So I think he will kind of get a chance to maybe fill that Debo Samuel spot. Not fill Debo Samuel spot, obviously he's still there. But kind of have that same impact to where nobody expects anything from him and all of a sudden he's like really good. Mm-hmm. And then my other yeah. my other one. Um, his yeah. name's Antonio Gibson from Memphis University. He played running back and receiver at Memphis, and he's on the Redskins, who, if you don't know, has former Panthers coach Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera compared him to Christian McCaffrey. And Interesting. The, the Redskins kind of have an iffy running back room. It's very a very banged up but very potentially good one. They have uh, Darius Geis, um, Adrian Peterson's there. And if you don't remember, uh, Bryce Love from Stanford was also drafted by them. Dr. Love, yeah. Dr. Love. Um, he's on the team. He hasn't played yet because of injury. So maybe Antonio can get a chance. Maybe he won't. But I think that's like a person to look out for maybe towards the end of the season. Or maybe I've been drafting him with my last overall pick. And honestly, I'm probably reaching for him. I just, I just have good feelings about him. So that's all I have for sleepers. Are there anybody that you would recommend to stay away from? To stay away from? Like, don't draft no matter what. <laughs> hmm. I don't think I have any 
don't draft. Maybe Leonard Fournette, just because you never know. Right. With him, he's probably one of the biggest question marks. Okay. Uh, I don't think I have any like actual don't draft. I have maybe people that I'm I'm skeptical of. Okay. I kind okay okay we could change it to who we're skeptical of. I would say right now I'm skeptical of the Denver Broncos backfield. Okay. And okay. I, really, I, I think, I think, well, fantasy wise, I don't know if Philip Lindsay is going to be able to produce like he has been because Melvin Gordon's there. And mm-hmm. then Melvin Gordon also, I believe, sat out last season until like the middle of the season and did not perform as well as people would have thought. And as he would have thought because he was asking to be paid, the highest paid running back and came back and honestly got overshadowed by Austin Eckler. Yeah. So I would stay away from the the running backs from the Broncos, <clears throat> maybe. But if I were to take one, I'd take either I'd take Philip late rather than Melvin early, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I would also stay away from the Los Angeles Rams running back because they came out today and said they're going to be a running back by committee, and um, that's usually tough because uh, your points get vultured basically if you have one specific back. Because say you got um, Darrell Henderson. And he gets you all the way to the goal line, and then they put in Malcolm Brown to punch it in. Yeah. So that's, that's always the most upsetting thing ever as a fantasy owner. Exactly. So those are yeah. a couple certain groups that I would stay away from. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go back to what I said. I told you earlier, uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I'm skeptical of just because his target that he's been thrown to for the past three, four years is, is gone. gone. Is gone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, now he's got David Johnson as his running back, too, who's also skeptical. He could have a bounce back year. You never know. He could. Um, at one point, but, in my very first year of fantasy football, David Johnson was the highest-scoring player. Yeah. And now he's just gone. Now people think he's a bum. Okay, another. Um, I'll go. Do you have anyone else? I do. I have a few, actually. So, okay. first of all, I recommend staying away from – um, Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski. Really? Um, I don't mind taking him late, but I'm kind of iffy about him because what I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there's kind of been a pattern. You play a, like you play a season, take a season off, you come back, you're not as good. And Rob Gronkowski is yeah. constantly injured. Tom Brady's getting up there, so we don't know if he's going to get be able to get him the ball as much. Plus, there's a lot of weapons to feed, a lot of mouths to feed. I mean. So yeah. I'm not sold on Gronk, to be honest. And then I'm also not sold on any of the Bears wide receivers because they They're got the Bears. They got Mitchell Trubisky. Duh, Bears. Yeah. Duh, Bears. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're going to be not good. I think Nick Foles uh, might take a spot. That's the nicest way I can put it. I think Nick Foles is going to take a spot, and I don't know if um, Nick Foles will be able to – like, I think he'll be able to get them – like maybe to the playoffs if he starts. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's going to allow the other players to, like, light people up fantasy-wise. Yeah. All right, I got I got one more for you who's kind of a kind of a don't draft just because of uh, injury pass. Okay. Can, can you guess? Injury. What position? Quarterback. Quarterback. Oh, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I drafted him as my backup in the most recent mock draft, and I didn't hate that just because realistically, if you draft a really good quarterback, 
the first time, like say you take Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, um, mm-hmm. you're only going to need your other quarterback one time. Yeah. And after that, I would hopefully. say, yeah, hopefully knock on wood. Hopefully your quarterback doesn't get hurt, but say you draft Russell Wilson and he doesn't get hurt because, um, which Russell Wilson's always a good pick to go to. He's never been hurt. Knock on wood for mm-hmm. Russell. I don't want to jinx yeah. Russell. I'm knocking on wood. Like as, as we speak, um, but he, ha- he's yet to miss a game. So, mm-hmm. but so say, cause Russell Wilson's bye week is, um, week six, week six. Okay. And it, like Carson Woods plays the Ravens. Oh, that'd be a tough matchup. Yeah, you know. That'd be a tough matchup. Yeah. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like if you have a really good quarterback and you only need your backup quarterback one time, that allows you to go chase another weapon. Yeah, and then that's that goes back to what I said about bye weeks too. Bye weeks are uber important. Uber. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. Who do you think is gonna have like they had a good year last year? Who do you think is gonna excel this year? Like explode even more. Like like straight out explode. Okay, I'm gonna go Saquon Barkley. Like that's probably not like an exciting one, but I feel like um, going into his second season, the Giants having. Um, I mean, he did really well last year, but I feel like he might be able to um, take over the number one player in fantasy football position. Take that top spot from McCaffrey. Right. And I also think mm-hmm. I'm hoping Derrick Henry can continue his dominance. You like you like Derrick Henry? I like Derrick Henry. Um, I'm kind of worried, though, just because I think teams are going to, when they play the Titans, they're going to make them throw because mm-hmm. they have Ryan Tannehill. And, I mean... Now, granted, they did win by only throwing the ball like five times or seven times, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm on the fence about Derrick Henry. Like, if he's there, I'll take him. But at the same time, like, it scares me because I don't know if he's going to be able to be a freaking absolute beast like he was. See, the thing is, is a lot of teams, you run the ball so you can throw the ball. Yeah. I feel like it's the opposite way for the Titans. They're going to have to throw it so they can run it. That's a good so point. That, that's a good that, point. That's going to need AJ Brown to step up and have a big game. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I I think AJ Brown's a good pick as well. Um, for a wide, res- so? a wide receiver. Um, I'll give you another like running- a wide receiver too. Yeah, wide receiver too. Even possibly a flex. Um, I'll give mm-hmm. you another running back. That uh, this one's probably more, more of what you're looking for. Kenyon Drake. Yes. Okay. So he got traded to the Cardinals. Um, he uh-huh. he had a couple good games for the Dolphins. But once he went to the Cardinals, he exploded and became statistically one of the better fantasy backs. And so I think being in Arizona where he'll probably be the number one back unless uh, yeah, uh, there's a really good rookie that went there that I like, but I don't think he'll take a spot. Eno Benjamin from Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Eno Benjamin might possibly take a spot. But as of right now, I have Kenyon Drake being the, the number one. But he's, pro- he's projected, yeah. which... This is going back to do's or don'ts. Don't rely on projections. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's projected, even though like I'm so, such a hypocrite right now. But there's only one game that he's projected to score under 16 point or under 17 points, and it, his projection is 16.4 against the 49ers. Dude, we went to go see him against the Browns. Well, we didn't go to see Kenyon Drake. We saw the Browns and the Cardinals. Right. He, he, I think he had four touchdowns against them, and was just. Running, running over people, just scoring at will, basically. I mean, if he wanted to score, he would have scored. He was definitely a guy that I had higher hopes for coming out of college, but maybe this is the right situation for him. Yeah. Okay, so and who's, who's yours? Did I take, did I'm I take yours? With, no, no, no. Same team. Okay. Kyler. 
Kyler, okay. Kyler had a, had a good rookie year, one uh, rookie of the year. But Did he I think he's going to – yes. But, I mean, here's the thing. He's in a tough, tough division with the Seahawks defense, Niners defense, and the Rams. Yeah, I mean, pick a, pick a harder division, and I, Dude, I, the, I don't the think NFC West is going to be insane. I don't think you can pick a harder division because, no, honestly, all four of those teams can make the playoffs. See, it's it's them, and then if everybody plays to the full potential, the AFC North with the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens. And yeah, I still I would still say the NFC West is stronger just because the 49ers made it to a Super Bowl recently. Rams made it to sure. a Super Bowl recently. Um, the Seahawks. Seahawks are always there. The Seahawks are always good. And then the Cardinals are kind of there. They're kind of the last place team. But at the same time, if they were in any other division, they'd be um, the one or two. Maybe, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and we're starting to see. I think Kyler Murray could even surpass Lamar Jackson this year. Oh, really? That's a hot take I right think there. So. Well, hot, hot take alert. <laughs> well, you know, Kyler just added Hawkins. I mean, it doesn't hurt I to mean, have the best receiver in the league. It does not hurt exactly. you. Exactly. And Lamar's best receiver is who? Hollywood? Devin Duvernay? I mean. Do you like that? You like how I added your guy in there? Devin Duvernay is going to be a really good player. I th- I don't know if he's going to be a fantasy, like, explosive player. but He could be a week three waiver wire kind of guy. He could be. Um. A, I saw something that majority of Lamar's passes were to slot receivers. Mm-hmm. And that's literally the only position Devin played. Like, <laughs> like Devin is a great slot receiver that had, I think, in total five career drops. And his last two years, he didn't drop a single pass. Yeah. So, it doesn't hurt. Well, and, okay, so Kyler's going to have Hopkins, Christian Kirk, and Larry Fitzgerald. And then Kenyon Drake in the backfield. Right. I think Christian Kirk's actually going to um well, it depends. Breakout year? No, I think he's going to be hurt. Not not, not physical. Oh. Just like points. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, you think he's going to tear his ACL week one? What do you... <laughs> no. I, I think whoever the third receiver is, I think they're going to be the odd man out. And that's just because... Well, yeah. Based, I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins, obviously the number one receiver. Mm-hmm. So if Larry can be productive as he usually is, um, he's kind of getting up there in age. But if Larry can be productive then I think Christian Kirk's kind of the odd man out. Yeah, unless, but you never know with Cliff. Cliff is an offensive wizard. Yeah, Cliff, so you, Cliff Kingsbury. He can yeah. design things for, for certain people. That's right. But There's always going to be a receiver open. I've always been skeptical about Cliff because he wasn't successful in college, and then all of a sudden he got an NFL job. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he just didn't get the the right person. I mean, he he gave us Patrick Mahomes, so shout out to Cliff. That's what I was gonna say. They probably looked at him and said, "Hey, Coach Patrick Mahomes, he could probably do something." I mean, I think they just want anybody with like a a touch of the air raid. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anybody else? Because I think I have maybe two or three more. Uh, go ahead and let me think. Okay, so these are people that we think might have an explosive year based on their season from last year. Um, David Montgomery from the Bears. If you had to pick one player from the Bears, I think David Montgomery will have an ex- explosive year. <laughs> because I think okay. I think they're not going to rely on their quarterbacks because um, Nick Foles has proven that he can't really play in the regular season or anywhere besides Philadelphia. Okay. And um, Mitchell Trubisky, enough said. Um, <laughs> moving on to my other person because... 
I think all I had to say was Mitchell Trubisky. I, like, I think that's a fair assessment. That's, that's the argument right there. That's the argument. Um, this one is a Browns a Browns receiver, uh, OBJ. OBJ was oh, okay. He was deemed one of the probably the best wide receiver in the league, and I think he had a rough time playing ad- adapting to Cleveland and playing with Baker Mayfield. I think maybe this year under the new coach. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Stefanski. Stefanski. Yeah, sure. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, I know that's my name. Uh, <laughs> I th- I think under Kevin, maybe OBJ will get some more looks, and maybe Baker will feed him, or maybe OBJ will get traded to another team and pop off for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's I got one more for you. Okay. Who I think is gonna gonna explode big year? He's had big years in the past. Yep. Last year, kind of kind of took a step down. Stephon Diggs. Oh yeah. We we talked we talked about him a little bit already, and we talked about his his new quarterback Josh Allen. Yep. Uh, he's he's obviously going to be the number one receiver there. Right. And in a division that they got it's Buffalo, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So no really great DB uh, DB DB heavy teams back there. Right. So he could he could take a jump to maybe a top ten receiver this year. He could, and you know what? I'm gonna stick with two more wide receiver takes right now, and I think you're yeah. you're gonna agree with both of them. If you could get either of these guys, your team is in good hands. DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett from the Seahawks. Really, I think they're both highly underrated, and I think DK Metcalf's only gonna get better. The dude's a freak of nature, and he had a great season last year as a rookie. And I think one more year with Russ and Tyler Locke, I think those two are just really good. Like, if you could get one of those, I think you'll get at least an average of 12 points. And honestly, that doesn't sound like... Metcalf could be a solid wide receiver three flex player. Exactly. And Tyler Lockett could be a a low um, one or wide receiver two. Yeah. And I think another another person that people are sleeping on just because of recent years is T.Y. Hilton. He was injured. Yeah. And then he had Jacoby Brissett. And now he has Philip Rivers, which we'll see if Philip Rivers is worth anything. We'll see if he's doing what he was doing last year, throwing medicine balls to people. If he's throwing little dead ducks or what? Yeah, dead ducks. Um, dead ducks, yeah. The wobbly ducks. So, yeah. So, what else do you want to talk about? Any, anything else fantasy football? Let's see. I'll, I, give you, I got a I'll give you someone who, I, who had a good year last year that I think could take a step down. Oh, okay. Interesting. DJ Chark, do 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 do. Baby Shark. DJ Chark. Oh, I thought you said Baby Shark. I I heard this. No, DJ Chark, do 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 do. I mean, he could just because Dee Westbrook has emerged, and then they kind of drafted, I would say, two of the most underrated wide receivers in the class, and with Lavisca Chanel and Colin Johnson. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, the. Jaguars are just a you-know-what show right now, too. Hey, they got Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I mean... The magical mustache can you, save you never know. If you have a magical mustache, it's statistically proven that you're 85.3% more likely to be successful. <laughs> Is that true? I, I calculated that myself. Okay, okay. I'm just saying. Hey, I, I believe you, Mr. Mister Going to Connecticut. Math has never been my specialty, so don't believe me. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, do you have anybody else you want to talk about? Um, 
well, this isn't really fantasy football related, but I don't know if you heard. Um, Alden Smith is coming back for the Cowboys. Yeah. The defensive lineman from – he was on the 49ers and then the Raiders, and then he yeah. got suspended for drug issues and then threatening to have a bomb in the airport. Um, but he had 49 and a half sacks before he was suspended and looked like one of the most mm-hmm. dominant players in the league. So I think maybe the Cowboys could be a really a really good team to watch out for. Okay. Uh, I, just want to bring, someone... I just want to bring that okay. up because, I mean, if he, I appreciate could, you. if he could get keep his head on straight, I think he'll be a really good player again. How old is he? I think he's turning 30 or 31 because he Let's hasn't – he hasn't played since I want to say 2014 or 2015. No, 2016 maybe. He is 30. He'll be 31 in September. Okay. See, I was right. Yeah. Wow, that's that's interesting. I mean, and they only got they got him on a one year yeah. deal, kind of like an experiment thing. That like he, it's not really costing them anything. It's kind of just like a, if you could play, welcome. If you can't, well, don't let the door hit you. Kind of like a, a Jason Witten type thing that they did. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay, so let me get your thoughts on Emmanuel Sanders. I know you were never really the biggest fan on Emmanuel Sanders, if I'm correct, right? Right. I mean, I think he kind of came onto the 49ers expecting to be the the guy. And Yeah, but now with the Saints, do you think his touches are going to be taken away from Michael Thomas, or do you think their Drew think, Brees is going to try to spread the ball out a little bit? See, I think the problem with the Saints – is they have a lot of mouths to feed at the wide receiver position. Mm. Because, honestly, they have Michael Thomas. They have Alvin Kamara. Um, they have Ted Ginn. And now adding Sanders. Now adding Sanders, I think, is a little a little dangerous. Or not dangerous. It's a little Browns-like. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I just don't know what... Like, they have Michael Thomas and then Taysom Hill, who they always try to get the ball. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara, who they always try to get the ball. Um, and then they have, which I don't know if he's going to do anything, but they have a little Jordan Humphrey, if that, if that means anything to anybody. <laughs> but, it doesn't. I know. I just want him to do good, you know? But they have Jared yeah. Cook, a really good tight end. So I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be the – um, like I don't think he's gonna have a fi- uh, high fantasy value. I'm looking at the roster right now, and they don't have um, Ted Ginn anymore. I take that back. But still, I don't think he's gonna be anything special. Okay. Do you have any anything else? Not about fantasy football, but we could talk about um, sports. Ca- sports are happening again. Sports are happening again. Um, the NBA is deciding on two locations where they're. I want the NBA to finish off their season so bad, like. I think this was looking to it, it was looking like it was going to be one of the better seasons ever. And yeah. because I mean, as a LeBron fan, LeBron possibly might make it to the finals and win again. Um but we might have seen Giannis's first time in the finals. Um the mm-hmm. Rap, the the East was like pretty strong for everybody wants to say the East is weak, but the Raptors without Kawhi are looking pretty were looking good. Um the Nets have that which Kevin Durant has come out and said that he won't play if the season continues, but hey, he might be lying. Mm-hmm. He, he is a snake. He is a snake. Um, and then, I don't know, I just really want the season to happen, so they've been talking about playing at Walt Disney World in Florida. Like yeah. The ESPN um, location. Or in Vegas. I mean, I would rather it be at Disney World. I think that would be like really cool. 
Yeah. Just just because it's Disney World, you know? Right. And I think Disney World would be, like, this sounds dumb, but I think it would be harder for to keep uh, grown men contained in Vegas than it would be in Disney World. Oh, yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna find them like Vegas. You might find them at midnight out of the casino, out of the bar. Uh, you're not gonna find them out at midnight riding Splash Mountain. No, no. Did you watch the Last Dance? Um, all ten episodes. Uh, I haven't caught up on the on the last two because we've been pretty busy with the move and stuff like that. So we're gonna try and watch them tonight. I where are you watching them? On my TV, my uh, are they on T, um, Netflix or Hulu or something? I wanted to watch uh, ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. I need to watch those yeah. because honestly, you haven't watched any of them. No, I haven't because you got to binge that. I know. Well, that was my plan. I th- I didn't want to wait and just wait, wait okay. watch week by week. I'm not that dedicated. Like I'm not that dedicated to like sitting down and just watching a TV show at a certain time. I'm more of a watch at my own time type. Okay. And so I, I really okay. want to see because um, there's a lot of beef on Twitter with Scotty Pippen. I guess he didn't like how he was portrayed. Mm-hmm. And then Horace Grant and Horace Grant came out and called Michael Jordan a snitch. Well, I mean, he kind of was. I mean, but I don't know. I It just sounds all interesting. And um, people are making fun of LeBron right now because I don't know if you saw right after the last episode – he had something on one of his like channels or whatever talking about the NBA lockout and how he was training to be an NFL football player. I did see that. So people are saying that he was trying to get the narrative back to him. But it's also funny that Brian Windhorst from NB, um, excuse me, ESPN, he said that the reason Michael Jordan wanted to release The Last Dance was because he felt his goatness was being threatened. Yeah, he, it was like the first time that People have actually questioned whether or not, like people have always said, LeBron can be better, is better, but it looked like it was starting to like cement that he is earning his spot up there with Jordan. Right, and I think so. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan wanted to release this, take LeBron down a peg. Yeah, I think Jordan just didn't want LeBron taking a shine. But with, looked, I think I think really with the uh, it was interesting. I think. With the emergence of the last dance, I think it's about time for us to do our our goat rankings pretty okay. soon. Okay, let's do it right now. Do it right now. Right now, top five. I'll top s- five players of all time. I can start. Okay, go for it. So, I'm gonna go LeBron. I think LeBron as as one or five. One. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'll go LeBron one, Jordan two, um, Bill Russell three. I think you got to respect okay. the, you got to respect the ring, the rings and the dominance. Uh, I like that. Kareem four. Okay. And then Magic Johnson five. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I like that. You don't have my number one in your top five. Larry Bird is at six or seven. Relax. <laughs> uh, okay, so my number five. Oh, is, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with five. Okay. I'm gonna start with five. We're going to go LeBron. At five? At five. Okay. I mean, at least he's there. Did you see Paul Pierce's top five? Yeah, it was whack. He didn't even have LeBron in the top five. I was like, don't be salty because LeBron sots you up so many times. <laughs> uh, so five, we're going to go LeBron. Four, we're going to go with Bill Russell. Okay. 
three, we're going to go Michael. Okay. Two, Kareem. Yeah. And one, Larry. Larry. Look, people, people underestimate Larry so much because they say, oh, he's just this big white guy, unathletic, only could shoot. I mean, he is the best shooter of all time. I'll take him over Steph any day of the week. Wow. He's one of the one of the biggest competitors ever. Okay. I'll give uh, him, I won't say he's the best shooter, but I'll give him competitor. His passing, very underrated. He's on, he's about the same level as Magic, like when it comes to passing. His field vision, his defense, he's a better uh, defender than Michael, better passer than Michael, better shooter than Michael. I mean, there's videos of him dunking on people, and people think, like, Larry's one of the most unathletic people ever played a game. Larry came in. Larry it's played a game with a broken face. It's he had a fracture of his left cheek. It's because he looks like a truck driver. Yeah, and it's not fair. Like, if I saw Larry like, and, like, and I didn't watch sports, I would assume he worked with my dad. Delivering propane, yeah. delivering propane or something. That's what makes him so good. He's just a hick from French Lick, you know? <laughs> okay. There was a game where he where he decided... Where he decided, you know what? It's the last last game of the series of a of a road stretch. I'm just gonna go play this one left handed. And halftime, he had like 29 points just playing left handed. You know what? He just he just had to do it to him. Kevin McHale scored the uh, most points ever in the Boston Garden. Very next game, Larry Bird broke it. Larry Larry couldn't have that. Yeah, I mean, just one of the biggest competitors. And my reasoning for Kareem over Michael. Okay. Too, when you have to change the rules, when you're so good that they change the rules of basketball because of you, yeah, I mean, you you deserve no more to be like no more dunks. Um, he also yeah. has probably one of the most iconic um, uh, excuse me, moves. I couldn't think of the word move. Oh, the skyhook. Yeah, the skyhook. Um, that was literally unstoppable. Like the only re- the only way that it didn't work was because he missed it. It wasn't because someone blocked it, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you fouled him. Okay, I mean, and, and do you want to finish yeah. off the top ten? Because sure, I'll finish off the top ten with you. Okay, so I also have um, Wilt at I would say six for me. Okay, he just sound like I never saw him play, but like well, I saw like highlights of him, but obviously I never watched him in person. A lot of the the people up here we didn't watch in person, so don't hate on us for not mentioning a certain person. We're young, we're twenty. Or twenty. Oh, Caden's twenty one. Actually, shout out to Caden. Shout out me. Had a birthday this month. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Couple a week. Couple okay. weeks ago. Couple weeks ago. Okay, so I got Wilt, and then that's at my. Okay. You. We'll just go off. You go six. I. I went six. You go six. Uh, my six. I'll have. Uh, magic. Magic. Okay. See, I think he was my five. I believe. Or four? Yeah. He was my five, actually. Okay. And then, so that leads to seven. You could go seven, then I'll go seven. Seven, I'm going to go with Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Um, Shaq was probably one of the most dominant players of all time. No one could stop him in his time. mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that, actually. I'm going to copy you and go uh, Shaq at seven. Um. You know what? I had to do it to him. And then I'm going to go okay, okay. at eight. You're probably going to like this one. Tim Duncan. Ooh, Mr. Fundamental. Mr. Fundamental. I don't think, I mean, like he's secretly one of the, like Tim Duncan could have been a goat. I'm not like, that sounds dumb, but like the way he played and how many, how successful he was, I think people just don't, 
didn't like how like lame he was. <laughs> he was just so quiet. Yeah. He just like handled himself just like just like a normal dude. Okay, so who's your eight? I'll go I'll go Kobe. Kobe, okay. And then Which I think after the the his his passing, I think he's kind of taken a step up in everybody's eyes, you know? He has, but I I have him at nine. I'll okay. Keep, I'm gonna keep him at nine. And who do you have at nine? I'm trying to think. My 10 is going to surprise you, and you're probably going to disagree with it, but I... Okay, go for it. And my I'll, my I'll, 10 I'll, is, I'll. is Kevin Durant. You know what, Kevin? I can actually see that. Because Kevin Durant, I think um, time-wise, he came at like the worst time ever. Like, if he came after LeBron James, <laughs> I think Kevin Durant would be the LeBron James of our generation. Yeah. But, like, he literally, he averages 27 points per game, seven rebounds, four assists. Um, I will say his move from the Warrior, or from the Thunder to the Warriors was really weak. But I'm excited about his move to the Nets because I think that's kind of like a redemption thing. Like, he's showing that he could, like, obviously he has Kyrie Irving, but these guys can't win by themselves. Like, nobody has won by themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, like, he's literally just, I think he could have been, a top five player had he not played in the same generation as LeBron James. And even if LeBron, like when LeBron retires, Kevin Durant might still be really good. Who knows? But you want to hear a crazy yeah. stat? Tell it to me. He's played in 15 finals games and averages 30 points, seven rebounds, almost five assists. And his true shooting percentage is 67%. Wow. And honestly, just watching like when, the Warriors play the Cavs. Every time Kevin Durant had the ball, it just looked like, like, or not even looked like, I just knew that he was going to... Um, it just felt like he was going to do something with it. He wasn't going to waste the possession. Right. Like, he was hitting daggers. He was pa- like he was just productive with it. Yeah. So now you got to give me your 9 and 10, I think. Okay, so 9, we're going to go Wilt, because I hadn't said Wilt yet. Okay. And 10, this might come as a shock to you, but this is just pure basketball talent for okay. me. Uh, Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete Maravich? Okay. I like that. I mean, college career was like kind of his peak. I mean, he was good with the Hawks, good with the Jazz. But in college, he averaged 42 points, I believe, for around 40 points in college with no shot clock and no three-point line. And I'm pretty sure he's the all-time leading scorer in college. If, yeah. If you didn't say that already. I didn't say that. I, I believe he is. Yeah, so... I, I agree with that. I'm, I mean, go, we could go to 15 while we're at it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So, I wasn't ready for this. Well, I mean, we're just going for it now. Um, yeah, we're, we're knee deep. We're knee deep. I like, um, which a lot of people have him higher than we do, obviously, because neither of us have said him yet. Um, yeah. He's an older player. Oscar Robertson. He's kind of like the original, I, the original Russell Westbrook. I like that. He averaged 25, se- 25, nine and a half, seven, uh, nine and a half assists, seven and a half rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what number is that? 11? 11. Okay. I'll agree with you there. I'll, co- I'll copy you since you copied me. Okay. And then 12, um, 12 and 13 were a toss up for me. I'm going to go Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. And, and then David Robertson. Okay. 
Um, David Robertson has a really cool story. If you didn't know, um, he went to the Naval Academy and after, mm-hmm. after college, he had to serve his two years in the, um, the Navy. And then he came into the NBA and dominated. Yeah. And then Hakeem, Hakeem, the dream, like the dream shake. Hey, got, got to hit him with the dream shake. Oh, oh. Okay. So that's what, what number are we at? 13? Yeah. So I'm going to go with my, my 12 as Durant. Okay. So a little lower than I, well, a lot lower than I had him, but yeah. I like that. I mean, I think Durant is just really underrated to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think people get too caught up on the fact that he went to the Warriors and ignore how good he is. Yeah. And then you're 13. 13. Gosh. Um, I'm going to go with a big man. I'll go, I'll go Tim Duncan. Okay. Timmy, Timmy D. Okay. Timmy D. So, so I'm at 14 now. And this guy's one of my more favorite players. I would say, um, I'll do 14, 15 right off the bat for you. Give you some time okay. since, since I knew I just threw, threw this at you. I'm going to go. Alan, yeah. Alan Iverson at 14. Ooh. And then Dirk Nowitzki at f- um, 15. Okay. I like Dirk. Dirk's, I like Dirk. Though. I think, in my opinion, Dirk's the best international player ever. Okay. And then Alan Iverson, I think. Um, Kobe Bryant said it best. Uh, everybody was just lucky that he wasn't 6'5". Yeah, that's true. So who who do you got? 14, I'm going to go with the logo. Oh, Jerry? Jerry West. Okay. Jerry West. And then 15, I'm going to go with the mailman. Mm. Carl Malone. Because he always delivers. Um, the jazz um, uh, center. I wanted to go John yeah. Stockton so bad, but I think John's probably like in my, my 20s to 25s. See, I would actually put, I, I think I would put Chris Paul over John Stockton. What? No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. John Stockton was just really fun to watch. Like I, I watched his highlights and stuff. He, I think John Stockton was ahead of. I think he would be good now. Like people, I think people get caught on the fact that he's a small white dude that looks like a, a, a middle school principal. But <laughs> yeah. I think he's really good. <laughs> I mean, like I think he would be able to compete to this day. Especially, well, I don't know because the, he, I mean, he could shoot, but point guards now aren't point guards. It's, I don't want point guards to done. It's true. You know, he kind of, honestly, he reminds that's, that's why I would put Chris Paul above. Chris Paul can shoot, and he can handle, he can defend. Mm-hmm. Chris, but, you know, Chris Paul's my guy. Chris Paul's your guy. I know, I know. Okay, yeah. so that wraps up our, our NBA top 15 players of all time. That was, I mean, we weren't ready for it. I'm sure you guys weren't ready for it. We weren't. We just dove into it. Is there anything else you want but, to talk about before we conclude this episode? Okay. We're, I'm going to loop it back to fantasy football. Okay. <laughs> give me, give me, give me your rookie that you think could have the most surprising season. Rookie, well, okay, I'll give you um, three because I'm really high on a lot of the rookies, and I, I can't pick one. Sorry. Okay. So, okay. Um, probably one of the more common rookies. I'm going to go. Uh, CD Lamb's one of them. Okay. Um. Maybe Jalen Rager from the the Eagles. Okay. And then I got to stick with my guy Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Okay. See, I think I think Gibson has has that kind of shock value where he could surprise people. You know. Okay. So you okay? So you want more shocking? My other ones weren't shocking enough. Well, 
No, they weren't shocking. I mean, I expect CD to be. Okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me. Jalen Rager was 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 a shock one for me though. Okay, okay. Jalen Rager. What about Denzel Mims for the Jets? Or yeah, De- that's another that's another shock for me. Or Devin Duvernay from the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a perfect match for him. Yeah. Okay, so you got. Okay, me, I like it. Give me five since I gave you five. <laughs> Kevin, I was only ready for I was only ready for one. Okay, give me one. Give me one. Okay, sorry. I was just obsessed. Uh, with, I was obsessed with this class. Mine is actually a quarterback. Okay. Justin Herbert. Oh, Jay Herb. Jay, Justin, as Pat McAfee calls him, Air Bear. Calls him what? Air Bear. Oh my. But like Herbert, but kind of French. Air Bear. You He's think- got weapons. I mean, he's athletic, and he's more athletic than people think. What about the fact that he said he wasn't ready to start? Eh. Eh. He's, he's just too humble. I mean, that could be it too. Yeah. Well, my dog scratching at my door. Oh, hey, Winnie. Hey. Is there yeah, she's, any, she's on my bed now. She's good. Anything else you want to talk about? I got, I got one question for you, Kevin. Okay, question. Just one question. Okay. Are you happy today? I'm always happy. Thank you. That, right, that's all I wanted to know. Are you happy today? <laughs> I'm having a, I'm having a good day. Oh, I wrap it around real quick. Uh, I showed you these, but found some old baseball cards, football cards, and stuff. Uh huh. Probably the most exciting one I have that that I found was a Russell Westbrook rookie card. Oh, for the was he on the Sonics or no the Thunder? It's it's a picture of the of him holding up the Sonics basketball with a Sonic hat, and it just says Russell Westbrook. Okay, so he did get like a a brief Sonic experience, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, I love finding old old cards and random cards. That concludes our episode, yeah. I think. Ain't I mean? Well, we could talk more tomorrow. A, yeah, it was just a whole mix of stuff that we did today. Hey, we we're love, just kind we of love bouncing it, all over the place. We love that's, it, that's who we are, you know. We're we're not organized. Nah. I'm Kevin Borba. He's Caden Jarvis. Signing off. This is the wind column. See you later.